Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have songwriter and producer, Cam Becker. You're going to hear Cam's story of growing up in Ohio and what first got him into music. You'll also hear about him making the move to Nashville, writing the song Chronically Cautious with Braden Bales, and producing for Knox. I had a great time talking to Cam. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it be okay. Try not to be bitter. You gotta do it either way. Keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. So when life throws a jab, you gotta duck out of the way. How you doing today, Cam? I'm great. How you doing, man? Doing real good. So oh, getting right into your story, the, the, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Sure, yeah. Uh, first of all, hit writer, producer is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get there one day. But um, yeah, no, I, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Um, started music when I was, I mean, I've been playing piano and singing for as long as I can remember, um, everyone in my family was super musical growing up. So I was like, my, my dad is a high school choir director and church organist. And um, everyone on my mom's side of the family was a voice teacher, a piano teacher of some sort, um, or played some sort of instrument. So um always grew up around it in more of like the music, music education world um, and the more classical performance world. Never really got a whole lot of... Um, you know, it's not like I grew up around studios or going to concerts all the time and stuff like that. But um, anyway, uh, I've been playing piano and singing since I was really young. Um, I started writing my own stuff or at least like jamming little ideas and stuff when I was in uh, like late elementary school, middle school. Um, I was in th- I was in like community theater stuff and school theater stuff for a while in like um, school band and choir and all that stuff. So I I learned a lot uh, growing up uh, that way. And then in the middle of high school, uh, my buddies were in a band that would play shows and make music on their laptops and, you know, put it out through DistroKid and just doing the thing independently. Um, and they were in like high school. And I really I, I was like, the, I did, I was vaguely friends with them at the time. Um, we would hang out every now and then, but I always was like, I want to, that's so cool to me. Like, cause I had, I had come from the theater world, um, and doing a more contemporary, like touring thing was cool to me. Anyway, right. uh, long story short, ended up joining that band. Um, and they taught me basically the, um, the, the basics of production and songwriting and how just how to do it all and or just at least showed me that it was possible to do it all on your own um so that was really cool and then i was in that band for uh, five seven years something like that um in columbus ohio while in college um and um while working a couple part-time jobs and i i lived at home for a few years and worked with local artists like basically just my friends would come over and we would record some stuff and they'd pay me some cash for um for my service and all that stuff but um yeah eventually after so many years of playing shows with the band and recording um artists in columbus and stuff like that i eventually made friends down here in nashville through the grapevine 
uh, eventually met Knox. Um, that was about a year and a half or so ago. Uh, I met him in like February of 22. Um, and then we worked together a few times while I was, I would take trips down here to write and record with my friends. Um, and eventually I met him and we worked and, um, you know, the, the chemistry was there. One of those first sessions we did was, um, ended up being, I don't want to know. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, um, that kind of snowballed. Um, I went home and a couple weeks later he gave me a call was like, Hey, I got all these other songs. Like, I'd love to come up to your place in Ohio for like a week and just hash them all out with you. And I was like, well, might as well. I, this is, <laughs> I, I was a huge fan of what he was doing and it felt like the right move. So I just called off work for a week and he and I just, um, put our heads together and, um, did the thing, man. And we made, uh, the whole how to lose a girl in seven songs EP more or less in a week. Obviously we like, we did the bulk of the work in a week, but, um, we worked on a lot more after sort of perfecting things and finalizing things. But, yeah. um, anyway, that worked and I got to know his friends and his industry people. Um, and they provided me with a great, um, network and foundation to come down here and um, do my thing with so uh, yeah i eventually ended up moving in with um knox's attorney rachel gutman who is now mine and she's also like my cool my aunt now i guess <laughs> like i love her so much um but she and her husband nick um shout out them they're the, like the best people ever um, they let me stay in their guest room for a couple months and use um, Nick's studio for sessions and they would um, connect me with people and just allowed or gave me the guidance to um, figure out how to do my thing down here while not having to worry about scraping by to pay rent, you know? Right. So that was r really nice for a couple months and then uh, I ended up getting my own place and in November and ever since I've just been in sessions every day with... Um, you know, Knox and Braden Bales and uh, a bunch of other phenomenal writers and producers and artists down here. So, um, yeah, I guess that's the that's the short version of the story. So uh, when you were growing up, what was some of the first music you remember being played around the house that made you feel kind of your first connection to music? Oh, wow. Um, well, my dad raised me on the uh, the rock band Rush. Um, they were my first rock concert, my first concert ever when I was like five or six or something like that. Um, and we also listened to a lot of like 80s pop, a lot of um, Motown type stuff, a lot of um, my mom liked a lot of early 2000s, like adult alternative and like 90s grunge and uh, pop, you know, okay. kind of everywhere. But I guess like my main two formative influences growing up, I'd say were Rush and like Michael Jackson, which are kind of two op like opposites. But um, Rush gave me like. The, the prog rock um I, I guess exposed me to that sort of neoclassical world of composition within rock which i had never really thought you know that was huge to me and then um obviously michael jackson is who he or what was who he was and did what he did and it, it was incredible but um Anyway, yeah, a lot of everywhere from from that end of the spectrum to 
um the other end was kind of where i was at um but I, when my mom showed me i guess not really showed me but i ended up hearing songs about jane by maroon five that whole album i yeah. was like something is really cool about this i was just hook, hooked onto that when i was a kid and uh so i guess the, those three are like my main influences and everything kind of stems from there at least from childhood i suppose but yeah man now do you think your time uh like in musical theater in high school kind of gave you an early appreciation to like harmonies and stuff because like I oh, all your production sure. is like soaked in just like crazy good harmonies well thank you for that um yeah i i mean I, absolutely because um doing a lot of musical theater stuff growing up in choir like learning uh, I, I sang tenor so i was always kind of like a higher male harmony um and it just trains your ear to know how your part fits in with the bigger context of the whole thing and like yeah it definitely trained my ear um in harmonies and taught me a lot of theory too um which you know i'm not like cold calculating sheet music type stuff for everything i'm writing but it definitely helps to know like okay like if i want a big old harmony stack i probably have to add a major third and a major fifth and have them you know doing this type of stuff to create that sound that i'm after it's uh, so um but yeah definitely theater and choir helped um develop oh and um learning solfege like do re mi fa so la ti do and all mm -hmm. that stuff translates directly to nashville numbers like the chord system of uh like the one chord two chord three because that's all it is is one two three four five yeah Do re mi fa so that whole stuff um definitely translated to because when i hear stuff that i like i can sort of reverse engineer it and be like oh this is like i really like the fact that they hit a seventh note there in the melody and that it interacted in this way w with the chord change and like you can kind of learn to imitate your influences and get you to a result that you're happy with quicker if you know at least like some theory you know <laughs> right so you were uh you wrote co-wrote and produced chronically cautious with Braden bayless and yes. uh kind of take me through the the process of that day who brought the idea in and uh, just the creative process behind it yeah dude that was a really cool um a really cool experience so i had just gotten um the week before this session um, I was at a writing camp at a, a, a big house in Chattanooga, Tennessee with like 20 other guys. So I was like, I wouldn't say burnt out, but I was definitely like going, going, going. Um, so I wasn't, you know, I didn't think it was going to be a, a crazy session. Plus, like, so Rachel Gutman, who I mentioned earlier, who uh, took me in for three months when I moved down here. She also discovered Braden Bales somehow on social media or something like that. Um, reached out to him because he's from Toronto, Canada. Mm -hmm. um, we reached out to him. Basically, was like, I love what you do. Here's who I am. Here's what I've done. We can help you come stay, you know. So she gave him the same treatment she gave me, which is we'll, we'll get you down here. We'll get you a place to, to live for a couple months to get your to get your footing and then uh, get you connected with people. And one of the first producers i was one of the first producers that she connected him with um put me in a session with him so i didn't know him at all before going into the day but uh, was happily surprised great guy obviously um well not surprised but um anyway i was with him and i had one friend from the writing camp named todd um who is he, he lives in utah and he was just staying with me an extra couple days just because of flights um from 
from the camp but um anyway he was sitting in on that session and he made like um one of the uh, he made a whole pack of like midwest emo guitar loops while we were at the camp that we were messing with because he's so good at that type of stuff um and we whipped out one of them when Braden Bales was was over. We we also had um, my buddies Zach Smith and Chandler Eggleston. Zach is a frequent co-writer of Knox's, and he's got his own. Um, Z Smith is his artist name. Um, with, with him and Chandler Eggleston is a brilliant guitarist. I, I basically grew up with him in Ohio. I've known him forever. He's the best I know. Um, he plays. He 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 does. Um, he plays on Broadway in Nashville like every night. That's his main job. Oh, wow. Just to shred her to love him. Um, anyway, so the whole team put our heads together and we did our thing. And um, it was, I kind of was making the beat around that guitar loop and sort of chopping that up and flipping it. And while um, Braden and Zach and Todd were messing with um, lyrics and melodies, just tossing around ideas, me and Chandler were like building up the production. And at one point, we had the kind of a dropout thing mm-hmm. happening for the chorus. And he just was like, Braden comes over after like an hour of like just trying to figure out what to start with. He was like, oh, dude, I got it. And spat out the first two lines of the chorus right there. You know, if I'm honest, like that just came out. And I was like, OK, let's just keep rolling with this, I guess. Like it was. But the funny thing about that song in that day. Hold on. Did are we still good? I just yeah yeah we're good. Phone was tripping out for a second. Sorry <laughs> about that. Um. Anyway, the funny thing about that song in that day was that, I mean, I knew in the session that it was a good song, like it was exciting, it was cool, it was a good experience. But to me, I had no no way of anticipating the level that it would get to and the way the the, the doors it would open for me. Um. Because I'm, yeah, like I said, I knew it was a good song, but I didn't like feel like ground. Like, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be crazy. Like, to me, I was like, this is cool. Like, I, I left at the end of the day, I was like, that was a good day. This is a good song. Like, I didn't feel really much different from anything else. Yeah. Um, and then he posted it. Um, he teased it that night. We, we, we got about 80%, 80 to 90% of the song done that first day, I'd say. Um, and he posted a tease of the chorus and it took off on TikTok. And then a couple days later, he came back and we finished up the production and put it out. And, or he, he kept teasing it. It kept getting some traction. Um, and then Elise Myers reposted it. And that just kind of made it really blow up. Um, and yeah, it just kind of did its thing. And I the whole time I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like it's weird when you're just making music all the time every day you start to like lose the ability to tell what's gonna really work and what's not like yeah i don't know what is gonna work and what's not gonna work i just know what i like and i know what to chase after or i i i know that when i can pick up on the energy in the room that this is going well keep going like i can just sort of um you know take it to the finish line there but really when it's day in day out song after song like you know a good song and a not good song but you don't know which ones are going to be like huge you know right but it was a great experience though and i knew that it was gonna you know 
it was a good song. It was a great day. It wasn't like going to go nowhere, but I had no way of knowing. <laughs> well, speaking of good songs, honestly, one of my favorite songs to come out this year, not the 1975 with Knox. Tell me about the yeah. time he comes in and first plays you the demo for that song. Like, are you automatically super hyped? Like, yes, we're making this. Oh, yeah. Well, he had been sitting on because I remember back in like, I think January of this year or something like that. He first was like, dude, I had this whole like. She said, I like your confidence, but you're not the 1975 concept. And I'm trying to figure out like how to how to execute on it in the best way. And he was just I remember he had been he kept bringing it up in sessions for a while and or like a few weeks. And he kept playing it on piano as like a slow little ballad thing. And I was like, there's something here, but, um, and it was just those first two lines for a while. And he, it was one of those ideas that he's like, I'm not going to use this yet, but I know that when we're in the right room, like with the right people, it, it we can make it happen. I'm like, all right, well, eventually he went to LA, um, in the spring for a little bit to do some sessions. And apparently that idea came up in one with Jackson foot, uh, or foot. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but wonderful writer producer. Um, I look up to him a lot, but anyway, they worked on it more with him, and they got the whole chorus and some potential verses written. Um, and it was still on acoustic though; like they didn't produce it out really or anything. Um, no, I think they did, but we didn't end up sticking with that version. I don't know. Um, either way, by the time they brought it to me, which was a few weeks after he got back. Um, they were like, we like the top line, but we wanted to completely re, re rework the energy of the instrumental. Um, they threw out a couple references of like, you know, shut up and dance by walk the moon. Um, hit me with your best shot. I forget the name of who the band that did that song, but it's from like the eighties. Yeah. Um, you know, that type of stuff. I was like, all right, bet let's go. And right away, I think we started with a dent, dan it that whole thing um and it kind of just came together on its own really fast i i was surprised within a couple hours we had um about like about 80 ish percent of it there um and then we had to cut they came back um well while i was working on the instrumental they were tweaking um the lyrics and melodies and like really perfecting things um but the chorus was pretty much how it was the whole time well, now that you bring right. up those two references, I definitely can hear. Uh, yeah, it's like definitely that vibe. That's so cool. It's the tambourine clap with uh, uh, shut up and dance, and then the hit me with your best side. It's like slight. It's different enough, but like you can definitely hear it. Oh yeah, it's um, just feel good music at the end of the day. Yeah, it, it it's like it feels familiar. That was yeah, kind of sure. the whole idea of that instrumental was nods to stuff that just feels new enough but familiar enough that you're that you latch onto it right away because it's like nostalgic in a way like there's a lot of 80s rock mixed with like new hyper poppy elements um i don't know there's something for everybody in that song <laughs> but uh yeah that was a super fun pro and it was pretty um pretty quick too like they came back another day and we finished up the production and that was pretty much it. Other than that, I came back like a few weeks later and did a mix and master, uh, a mix and master on it. But, um, yeah, that was a pretty easy process of, uh, of a song and it came together really well. I'm super proud of it. So 
Now, you also have your band, uh, the Liberty Deep Band. You guys just put out a brand new single, Everything is Fine. Talk about uh, kind of that song. And uh, when you're in the writing room, how do you differentiate, like, this song is going to be a pitch or I want to keep this one for myself? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I'm still really, I'm working on trying to figure that part out, but, um, right now I'm just doing so much for other artists. I don't really have, I haven't really been paying much attention to the solo endeavors or or artist stuff as much lately, but, um, I've been throwing around ideas here and there. I don't know. I kind of just go with my gut. Like, Lately, it's a lot of like, I know that this could go to an artist where it would be put to probably better use. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, if I'm working on something and it just feels like, I don't know, it's hard to really explain, but you just kind of go with your gut, I guess. But I'm also still trying to answer that question for myself. So I'll I'll come back. I'll I'll come back in a year and let you know how I feel about (laughs) Uh, my answer to that has changed so who are some producers that you feel have influenced you uh whether by working with them or just through listening to their stuff through the years oh um definitely quite a few um oh man i'm trying to pull definitely um this guy john ryan um i haven't worked with him yet but we'll get there hopefully one day (laughs) Um, but he did a lot for like One Direction and Maroon 5. Um, he was, he's still killing it. He just did, uh, Sabrina Carpenter's album. He just did Niall Horan's album. Um, he's fantastic. Uh, Jack Antonoff too. He, he just did 1975's last album. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously everything he's involved in too is brilliant. Um, there's a few other producers that I've worked with, um, who are a lot more low key, I'd say like, um, this guy, Asher Postman, who, uh, who is also in Nashville. Um, he's kind of an electro pop guy, but he's shown me a lot of really cool sound design things. Um, this, uh, my buddy, Johnny Townsend is also freakishly talented. I've worked with uh, him on a lot of Zach Smith stuff and a lot of knock stuff. Um, learned a lot of really cool stuff from him. I don't know. I just try to be as much of a sponge as possible because in in Columbus, it's like there's a lot of really talented people there and a great music community. But there's definitely like it's just not you come to Nashville or L.A. or or, or New York and it's just different. Like you're a world class. Yeah. It's not just like really, really good for a local artist. It's like this is where the hits are made. Like some of the best songwriters in the world are here. And some of the best producers in the world are here in LA. And, um, you know, we, when you come here to a place like this, it's humbling in the best way. Cause like, and you always want to be surrounded by people who are better than you, because that just makes you lift yourself up more and just try to reach their level. And you, obviously you're a product of your environment and the people you surround yourself with. So if everyone, like everyone you surround yourself with is better than you, then you're only going to get better too. So plus I've also like, it's been wonderful getting to work with people I've looked up to for so long and learning that they're wonderful humans as well. And, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's a long, long winded answer to that question, but, um i don't know it's always good to be a forever student (laughs) for sure well i like to close out my interviews by asking 
what's a piece of advice you'd give to the fellow musicians out there kind of aspiring to be in the place you're in? Oh man. Um, keep your head down, get as good as you can do you, um, do trust your gut. This is all, I mean, it's all, it sounds really cliche, but like, don't be afraid to like, don't be afraid to be yourself, I guess. And to, like, trust what the direction you want to take things. Um, and knowing what you want and sticking by it or knowing, yeah, what you want and sticking by it in the face of other pe people's opinions is like the biggest skill you can have because it's so easy to not trust yourself and be like, am I, is, is this choice the right choice? Um, the best thing you can do is learn your voice and learn your instincts by just doing, you know, and all also just make friends. Like don't be afraid to put yourself out there and yeah it's all about just working as hard as you can to get as good as you possibly can only compare yourself to who you were yesterday and um just be a good human make friends man just okay. en enjoy the ride as much as you can put as much positive energy out there as you can because it'll come back well guys there you have it my conversation with cam becker Cam, thank you again so much for coming on the show. I had a great time talking with you. Everyone go follow him on Instagram at cam.becker. And make sure to come back next week to hear my conversation with session keyboardist Dave Cohen. Check out Starting Small Music on YouTube to see all the video content from our interviews. And also, follow Starting Small Music on Instagram at Starting Small Music and let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast next. <laughs>